Hey there, it's Lisa from the Culinary Chronicles podcast. On this show, I will interview people from all walks of life about their food experiences of culinary journeys. Food, feeding my loved ones, sharing meals, and the conversations and love that fill the table are what this podcast is all about. My father was a butcher, my uncle a baker, and my grandmother's after-school snacks were always a delightful Sicilian treat. I've always celebrated with food and found gathering around a table the most amazing feeling in the world. Culinary Chronicles is my way of sharing this love of food with you. I hope this podcast fills your cup with entertaining tales about the love of food. Hi, everyone. I wanted to introduce you to my latest guest. Her name is Catherine McGebley Pestel, and she is a La Leche League leader and international board certified lactation consultant. She is an advisor in our cookie business, and this interview coincides with the relaunch of our brand from our old company name, the Lactation Cookie Company, to Julie's Cookie Co., named after my son Julian. On top of all of her accolades, I am one of her biggest fans as she helped Julian and I on our breastfeeding journey when I was having trouble breastfeeding him from the time he was born. I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you're not breastfeeding or into knowing more about this subject, you can forward to a friend who's pregnant or breastfeeding or skip to the next episode. Hi, Catherine. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm super excited to chat about mothering, lactation, food, and all things that are related to you know, nourishing and feeding our community of children and friends and all the mothers that you take care of. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Okay, so... I'm going to start with some lactation questions. You are a lactation consultant and deal with lots of mothers in a very exciting but kind of stressful and a bit of a change period in their lives. And a lot of people have asked similar questions and I wanted to have your re response on some of these questions that we received. So one is, how will I know if I make enough milk? Yeah, excellent. And a super common question. First and foremost is frequent feeding. So Feed your baby frequently, and that's different for every unique diet, every parent and baby. Frequent feeding, though, can mean every hour around the clock, and that will change. That is normal newborn behavior. So I also recommend that parents get some resources and education about normal newborn behavior before they go into uh, giving birth, and then they realize how common it is for babies to be fussier in the early days, to cry, to be feeding that frequently. And it doesn't indicate that there's anything wrong with you or your baby or your milk supply. That's just a normal uptake as they're newly delivered to increase your milk supply and get themselves not lots of protein, lots of immunoglobulins, increase their um, their energy and their fat stores. The frequent feedings really, really build that up and it does decrease after, you know, the first week, the second week. But for this first little while, frequent feedings will will really push your body into making or keeping a high supply. Some of the ways that you can tell at home at, with your primary care provider, whether that's a midwife or an OBGYN, they'll be weighing the baby. Uh, but things that you can do at home are checking baby's diaper. So how many wet and soiled diapers in 24 hours can tell you that the milk is going in and it's coming out. Um, you can look for the effective transfer of milk. So when baby is at the breast, they should really be swallowing, watching the throat to make sure they're having those deep swallows. You might hear them making a little, like almost a caw noise as they're swallowing. And then, of course, like I said, there's the weight gain that they'll be watching for as well. Great. And a lot of people have to do, like I did myself, we had to provide mixed feeding. So how do I provide a formula and a breastfeeding mix for my baby? Yeah. 
for sure, definitely. So prior, to, if baby needs a supplement or a mixed feeding prior to four weeks of age, staying away from the bottle. That's my biggest, biggest piece, providing your baby with their top up, their supplement, their mixed feeding with a little cup, a spoon, even a syringe or a tube along the finger, tube feeding. So all of these resources are widely available online. I use Toronto Public Health quite a bit. Their website has all these images and videos, but the small cup can really preserve the developing oral anatomy of the baby so that they can come back and forth between the breast and their supplement quite easily. Beyond four weeks, they've kind of imprinted and they're able to handle the bottle and the teat on the bottle a little better. And then they can go back and forth between the breast and the bottle with much more ease. So introducing a bottle prior to four weeks can really upset that delicate balance that they're learning how to latch, how to breastfeed. And when you are providing a formula top up or someone else is providing that for you, remembering to stimulate, keep stimulating your breast milk supply so that your supply stays high. So that mean that might mean that you have an extra pumping that day. It might mean that you're just taking extra care of your breast to ensure that your milk supply is preserved as well as your baby getting those mixed feedings. Great. Yeah, we used the tube first and and that was quite uh, quite the ordeal to kind of tape it and then the line coming from above, but it was yeah, yeah. necessary at the time. And it's it's very helpful at that with any kind of extra and intervention, anything extra, having your support person there to help. So whether that's a nurse at the hospital, your midwife, a lactation consultant, having someone there to walk you through that, because it's a little bit extra. It's, it requires just a little bit more attention, a little bit more care, and we're happy, so happy to support you. But these small tricks are things that are not like tube feeding is not really commonly discussed, but it can really, really preserve your breastfeeding and meeting your own breastfeeding and infant feeding goals. If you can kind of employ those hacks, baby feeding hacks prior to four weeks of age, it's a big cognitive shift at one month of age. So really, really kind of preserving that and really honoring that baby's development in that, those early days. Yeah, for sure. And, and thank you for your help because you were my lactation consultant. So. <laughs> My next question is, a lot of people ask, when can I start to give my child a pacifier? Mm, yeah, perfect. So again, waiting for that four-week, four to six-week mark, it really is a huge shift at that age for babes, a huge developmental shift. Giving them a pacifier prior to one month of age, can it really, again, affect that really gracefully developing infant oral anatomy. So it's really, infants change so quickly, you know, they can change in 12 hours. So giving them a pacifier for every time that they're upset or fussy within a 12 hour period, if you're giving them that frequently, that means that your breasts are not getting that stimulation they need. And they're also getting that quickly developing tongue and roof of the mouth is getting used to that hard kind of plastic profile, as opposed to the, the breast tissue, which is varies between all of us so waiting before uh, before you introduce that for about four weeks great yeah my next question is kind of two-pronged because people always ask how long should i breastfeed for in terms of like months and years and how long should i breastfeed you know each time my baby is on my breast yeah good question so <laughs> breast, again breastfeeding frequently some babies are very very efficient and effective at the breast and they can get the job done in five minutes and those would be the babies that are really swallowing they're almost chugging you can hear them gulping 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 milk they they often come off on their own they and you can switch sides to the second breast and finish that side up in five minutes as well some babies will do more like 35 minutes on one side 
and and then you have to convince them sleepily to come onto the other side. So it's such a wide range. Um, and I work with babes at each end of that time frame. So it really, really is individual. But you want to be making sure that babies are getting a good amount of time where they're working effectively at each breast. So you want to make sure they're working effectively at each breast. And then the World Health Org Organization recommends breastfeeding for two years and beyond. And I, in my practice, I support you to breastfeed as long as works for you and your little growing family. Excellent advice, because I know people are like, you should only do it for a certain amount of time. And it is just, it's up to the mother and the family and, you know, the baby. And I know that my son just, after a few years, just started like turning his head, not wanting it anymore. And I guess that was a signal and that was the signal for us. So yeah, um, and really there's no date, right? Right, right. Really honoring that mother-child, that parent-child relationship. and. There are a lot of opinions about breastfeeding, a lot of opinions about mothering, and it's part of that intense growth curve, I think, when we when we give birth to our children, when we welcome our children into our lives, that uh, part of that intense growth curve is learning how to navigate unwarranted, unwanted opinions from family and strangers. Yes, yes. This is not one of the questions, but can I ask, like, what is your advice to a first-time mom who's about to breastfeed? So I really promote getting breastfeeding education in the prenatal period. So it might seem a bit odd to kind of prepare for breastfeeding when you're not breastfeeding or your your baby's still in the womb or your baby hasn't come into your family yet. But it can really, really help to for you to meet your own individual in, infant feeding hopes and dreams and wishes to get that education and those resources and that information beforehand in the prenatal period. So getting your trusted others list. So knowing who you can call when you're worried about baby's output, their diapers, knowing who you can call about breastfeeding, knowing where you can get support when you're feeling like this is just completely overwhelming or you're feeling inundated with all this new new life tasks and new transitions. It's I would really lean, I would encourage leaning into your innate knowledge, which is such so easy to say and sometimes so hard to find. It's something that can be really, really hard to dig into. And because of layers and layers of many, many factors, women have had a hard time, can have a hard time finding that innate knowledge that we have about our infants. So we have a lot of experts out there, but medical experts around your baby, but you are really the expert of your baby. It's you that's there at three in the morning trying to figure out what's best, what makes the most sense. So leaning into that as much as you can, knowing it's that steep learning curve that everybody goes through, no matter how easy your neighbor your sister-in-law, your best friend makes it look. It is so individual and your journey is to be really, really respected and protected. And the last thing I'm going to say is try not to look online. Please try not to get into forums and chats and social media. And it's just, it has its place. And for new mothers, it can be so, so toxic to see something that you think, this is not my journey. This is not my relationship. Therefore, something must be wrong with me and, and my relationship and there isn't it's it's just the oh, the web the web of lies sometimes on social media so knowing who you can talk to instead so I always have for my clients I offer follow-up which is quick check uh, check-ins via text whenever they need to make sure hey this is what I read this is what someone said my baby suddenly got a bright green diaper what all these things these are things that a lactation consultant can easily walk you through rather than googling and finding finding yourself in a place where you might not feel supported or, or safe. Yes, for sure. And I know that I had lots of unsolicited, horrific baby birth stories and baby feeding stories. And I just kind of like shockingly was like, thank you. Like I just the verbal feedback and, and 
people want to tell you horror stories before you're about to give birth. I just find that yeah. shocking. It's... And you have to be strong to say, like, please don't tell me that or thank you. And, you know, walk away and do not go to those forums for sure. Because those were something that I signed on to and signed off of right quickly, right away quickly. Good. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. It, it's a very, I think people are just, they can be drawn towards expanding and expecting families and without sometimes without meaning to they these opinions and this advice and these horror stories come out and it's just this conversation they're not aware of the impact and I, I have learned to say when people are asking questions or giving an opinion I have learned to say that's interesting why do you ask because they often want to say you know if they're asking should you be feeding your baby for that long or why is your baby wearing a cloth diaper or why is your baby still on the breast often it can it can deflate the situation and it can give them back their space because they're they are really looking for a form to say well i did this with my baby and then it's easy to walk out of that conversation and say oh great thank you exit can and then that doesn't get into you or your journey or your practices unless you want to of course but sometimes that's exhausting so if you want a quick exit that's a trick that i've learned that's a that's an excellent trick i'm going to use that because i just usually freeze up and then just kind of mm. say Thank you and walk away. I don't know what I've said in the past. It's um, not, it's it's not a comfortable situation to be in. That's for sure. We we have to support each other in this, and we're growing as a collective slowly, slowly, slowly. But change is happening. Yeah, and I feel like you have to be so kind to yourself. And I think you've said this before. Like, just be kind. You're going through a lot. Your emotions, your hormones. You've got a whole new human being in your life, and you know someone's unsolicited comment can just trigger you to kind of have a bad day. So you have to kind of just really try and center yourself at all times to say like, okay, my hormones are crazy. This is, this is all happening. And I'm just going to keep moving forward in my own, like you said, following your own gut and your heart and doing what's best for you. So, yeah. Well, to, to acknowledge your hormonal changes. So to acknowledge that is well within the normal range, again, prenatally knowing where to go if you're feeling like this is tipping outside, this is a bit overwhelming or this is a bit too much, but honoring that hormonal range, I would say, and and moving through it with as much grace as you can. Ground, 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 grounding into mm -hmm. yourself, into your innate intuition and knowledge. And if you if that's not available that day, knowing who you can call to say, hey, just just sit with me for a minute. Let me find my center. Let me find myself. Yes. Excellent advice. Okay. Well, we know that you come from a foodie family. You love food just as much as, you know, everyone that's going to be on this podcast because we're going to talk about food. And tell us a little bit about yourself because I know you have a band of boys in your family. <laughs> so yeah, tell us about your family and kind of how you feed them because I'd love to know more about feeding three young, young men. <laughs> Yes, sure. So my name is Catherine. I'm a lactation consultant. I am also a La Leche League leader. I have, I am a mother to three boys, young boys, 12, 11, and five. I have two godsons, one nephew, and one goddaughter. So we have a lot of beautiful joy and young energy in our, in our life and in our family. And I split my time between Toronto and Nova Scotia. And for in terms of feeding my family, I do, you know, I'm speaking from such an abundant place right now in terms of we just passed the summer solstice. The sun is beautiful. The weather is is 
it's the longest days of light. So we have so much light. We have so much beautiful, good weather now in, in Toronto. And so now I rely heavily on the farmer's markets. Uh, I also plan meals. I'm really, really, I'm really strict about that because I don't do well on the fly with many things, certainly not cooking. My husband is a very considerate and adept chef so he can cook on the fly and he's fantastic but I do plan ahead I, I, I'm very analog in that way I get my information from magazines like I love the I just picked up the food and drink magazine from the LCBO I love the Edible Toronto and Edible Maine magazines that I go through and I find things that are kind of simple and reliable and I try a few times then I kind of incorporate into my plan and I let something go that we've you know we've had for a couple of months and I rotate through that way we do one of my tricks or one of my best practices, I guess, for cooking for a large family is we cook really, really big dinner. So if I'm cooking, it's a large, large amount to feed us all, but mostly so then we have leftovers the next day. So I was giggling the other day because I don't think my children have had many sandwiches for lunch because I don't get up in the morning and make kind of a more traditional or, or what I would have had growing up sandwich for lunch in their lunchbox to go. It's always a thermos with leftover food from the night before because that's just the easiest for me. I've got this big batch cooking. Next day lunch, everybody can take it and warm it up. I actually have a really dear friend who is a dietitian, and she packs up her uh, her family's lunches at dinner time. So she's got the containers ready. She serves the dinner and then packs them up nice. and they're ready. Yes, ready to go in the morning. Oh, he up. Yeah, it's fantastic. So it's a good it's a good practice for us and. What I have noticed with my children, all of them, is exposure really, really helps. So just the same kind of thing. My first two were really resistant to vegetables. And they were very close in age and very, very resistant. Obviously, that, that came, not obviously, that came with some other factors, like the fact that they were less than a year and a half apart. My husband and I were just swamped. We'd had so many tragedies in the family. It was just a very compact period of time. And so we slowly just we always had vegetables every a different variety but every time we we're sitting down to eat we always had vegetables around for the first couple of weeks they didn't touch it and then they started reaching for it and it's just that exposure and it really is consistency that's the same as messaging if you're going through kind of trying to get your baby onto more of a routine or schedule with breastfeeding or sleeping or anything like that's the same it's consistency and the same kind of repetitive messaging and exposure to increase their comfort level slowly over time and patience so much patience and love for yourself as you try it yes we are in the terrible threes and getting out the door in the morning is requiring a lot of patience because there's a lot of tantrums and i need one more glass of water and i need something here and there and we're like how are we going to get to school on time in september so it's um it's quite a challenge but we are trying to be repetitive like wake up brush your teeth, get dressed, follow some kind of schedule. So we're going to actually implement a new like check, check mark system because he loves check marks. So I think that'll speed things up hopefully. So yes. Yeah, so Perfect. Meeting him where he is and, and finding what works and what's, what's possible. And I have to remind myself every, almost every day at bedtime, because again, as the days are longer, my boys are staying up later and later. And I have to remind myself at the 11th hour, okay, this is not the time to kind of <laughs> unravel completely. Just it's going to be 5, 10, 15 more minutes, grounding down, centering, keeping as calm as I can. Before you know it, 
they're finally asleep or they're finally out the door. And then you say, whoo, okay, now I don't have to think back. I can think back and be proud of what I did rather than think back and have these regrets all day. <laughs> yes. I'm sure my neighbors see me like when, when I finally get them in the car, they could see me going like, it's <laughs> like a, a silent prayer to the universe. Like, thank you. <laughs> and that, that should really, that should could really be like this shared celebration and pat on the back of a job well done, mama. All right. Um, so yeah, splitting your time between the East Coast and Toronto, what are your favorite meals or restaurants in either city? I know that they're quite different in terms of their food focus, but what's what would you say is your favorite meal or you know restaurant in either city? Mm, I so in Nova Scotia, we I love I love I love seafood. I adore seafood and uh, and seaweed. So all the all the options from the sea we incorporate into our life quite a bit. But in Nova Scotia, I would say it's a it's a lobster boil that we would do ourselves, probably on the beach. So we are very we have this really very small kind of propane burner that we can take to the beach with a huge lobster pot, fill it with ocean water, already salty water, and cook the lobsters right there on the beach. And as the sun's setting, like it's pretty, it's low key, but it, absolute perfection for me. Magical sounds magical, yeah. <laughs> And then in Toronto, we don't have that same <laughs> landscape, but. We don't have that, but we have so much this vibrancy and community in the city. It's just, I mean, you and I are in the same city, relatively close to each other, but such different communities. And I, I adore that in Toronto. And the best thing that I think about Toronto and the, is the all these neighborhood parks, these local parks, there's so many of them. And you'll run into someone that you can chat to or run into a dog or all these phenomenal opportunities for exposure and culture and diversity and food and all this phenomenal uh, opportunities that you wouldn't have on the quieter East Coast. So I would definitely say in Toronto, a park picnic. There's not much that makes me as happy as setting up a blanket in any local park. I would bring some I'd probably cook a chicken, so I'd bring some cold chicken with a really spicy mustard. We have, again, these are things that we have in Toronto. We have stores that sell just varieties of mustard. So we have mustard. All, that's it. All these opportunities. I, I actually learned from a chef in on the East Coast in Halifax to make these wonderful pickle platters, which are are actually quite simple but can be just so delicious and beautiful so it's all these fermented foods so you'd have your sourdough or crackers or whatever kind of base layer you'd like and then a beautiful sauerkraut and lots of different kinds of olives pickles and then maybe some bean sprouts some i'd have maybe some smoked fish or some even some prosciutto one of my children loves prosciutto so kind of this beautiful gut microbiome friendly board that you can kind of (laughs) you bring all the pieces you throw it together on a picnic blanket and it's just it's just fantastic i'd have i'd bring a cold beer maybe or i'd I'd expand the pickle platter with my friend andrea's water kefir goody gut which is available online it's fantastic just great uh increasing as i as i age as i've gone through my pregnancies really being mindful of my my microbiome and how that's shifted and how to really keep that healthful as I age. (laughs) Yes. I love that. That sounds so magical. I love it. And then, you know, as a lactation consultant, I'm not sure if moms ask you for what's a good nourishing meal for a new mom or what can a partner or a a mother-in-law or a mother create for a breastfeeding mother? Because I know that for me, I was starving, you know, my whole pregnancy, I could eat 14 meals a day. 
And when I was breastfeeding, I was even hungry, which I wasn't even sure was possible. So like, what do you say, what would be like an ideal meal for a breastfeeding mom to give her, you know, extra, extra boost of vitamins? So fun and so helpful to have, if you have family, friends, neighbors that would like to help, maybe not offering their opinion, but maybe offering a meal would be would be the best way that they can really support this growing family. So my biggest piece is a meal that could be eaten with one hand. So you're in the early days, you're actually using both hands most of the time for breastfeeding, holding the breast, compressing the breast, holding and supporting that baby. Um, so a, a meal that can be literally reached for with a straw, a beautiful nourishing smoothie, a really, really depth of flavor, like something that's really got tons of uh, protein and fats and great sources of vitamins and minerals for that postpartum recovery. I think we don't acknowledge enough that postpartum recovery for mom. You know, we we unfortunately can be seen as such a vessel. We have carried this baby, we've given the baby and the attention then goes to the baby. And that's really why I stepped into a role as a lactation consultant to make sure that I can support the mom, support that breast milk supply, nourish the growing family. And so if anyone can support the family, bring a, a drink with a straw because you really, you can be breastfeeding with both, using both hands, looking at this beautiful smoothie or glass of water or whatever it is, and you just can't get to it. So a straw is very, very helpful or a meal that can be used with one hand. So something that you can pick up, get lots and lots of nutrients in a very quick amount of time. I really love uh, uh, bone broth. So I make my own bone broth, tons of options again in the city. Like we have so many options for that here, but however you get the hydration into your bone broth is a really, really good one for me. I could pick it up, drink it with one hand while, while nursing. If you're interested in learning the baking basics behind making swoon-worthy cakes, I invite you to join our six-week online cake and buttercream course, which can be taken from anywhere in the world. Class starts every other month, and in these classes, you will make new connections and learn new baking and cake decorating skills. With weekly live Zoom meetings with our chefs, you will discuss your progress and your homework, and you will be on the road to becoming the cake decorator you've always dreamt of being. Training from our expert chefs teach you proven foolproof cake basics. This course is broken down into three different parts. Part one, cake. You will learn the science of baking cakes and test on your skills by baking six different recipes. Part two, buttercream. You will dive deep into the wonder of buttercreams testing out the most popular icings. Part three, decorating essentials. You will learn to stack, mask, and comb your cake to perfection. This space is filled with supportive, collaborative interaction and access to a fully immersive learning experience to transform the way you bake. You can find the link to join our classes in the show notes and use podcast 20 for 20% off. I look forward to baking with you. So this is another question. It's not on our list, but this is this is a question just for you personally. Like as a lactation consultant, what do you even call your new moms? Do you have a name for them? Like clients just seem so business-like. It does. Clients does seem it's a it's a term that I use. Patient seems like coming into a different realm. I have slipped into that sometimes, but usually I refer to it to it as a dyad. It's a D Y A D. So that's the nursing dyad. So that would be the parent, the breastfeeding parent, and the infant or infants if we're working with multiples. So Catherine, tell us about your goals for being a lactation consultant, because I know that it's a big job coming into a new mom, especially a first time mom, someone like me who had a lot of fear, a lot of struggles with breastfeeding. Tell me like, 
what are your goals when you go and meet someone new and how do you like approach this job? Because for me, I feel like it's such an important job and how do you do it? <laughs> yeah, it is a big job and it's a, and it's a big privilege for me to come into such a beautiful nest of uh, those early, early days of welcoming a baby into your family. Um, so my, my goals are to support that growing family to meet their individual infant feeding goals and also to really, really support the mother to say, I'm here, I'm in your corner, I've got you. I can, I can respond to your texts at 9 p.m. on a Friday that would potentially save a visit to the ER. I can dig up the information that you're looking for to make sure that you're not going down a rabbit hole on the social media or on the internet to really honor that mom, honor the growing family and let them know that I'm here to, for all of their questions, for all of their backup, for all of the, uh, just to kind of preserve that nest and that post early, early postpartum period. And that actually that postpartum period, because my, I provide follow-up for my dyads, for my moms and babies and families, and that can expand, you know, some, some women are in a postpartum period for four weeks, some are in a postpartum period for four years, some are 11 years. It's such a different experience for everybody. And as much as I can, and I'm welcome to support the family, that's, that's my goal to make sure they know I'm here. I'm in your corner. I got your back. You do. Great. We're so grateful for you and all the all the lactation consultants and doulas and That's doctors it. and nurses that do help you with this transition, which like you said, I find the pre during pregnancy, the information gathering of the information is so key because you are so focused on buying like the right onesies. But I, I attended one of your sessions at a local community center pre-birth and I found that was a really helpful thing where I was like oh I gotta feed this child after it arrives and how am I gonna what am I gonna do and it, it took my focus away from you know painting the bedroom and getting the crib set up it was like okay I need to focus on bigger and more important things than you know just how many onesies I'm gonna have when, when he arrives so yeah that's super important also our our midwives I want to make sure that they get that representation who are still not getting equal pay so also the midwives are part of that team for prenatal yeah, and hundred percent midwives and yeah anyone that helps bring your baby to this world is just fantastic so yeah very grateful for everyone who goes into that profession Catherine tell us about your headset you're looking quite colorful and magical today I just want to know where can we get that latest fashion oh Lisa I I'm this is my oldest son's Nintendo Switch headset, and it was the best I could do today. So sometimes we're just doing the best we can, and this is my look for today. It was not premeditated. I wish this wasn't what I was presenting with today, but here we are. I <laughs> the love content. It. I was like, maybe it's some kind of like Google freebie or like a new hipster trend coming off, you know, the runways. I Yeah. I, I, I could pass it off as that, but the content is, takes precedence here for sure. Yes, well, it's, it's perfect for our conversation. Blue and red and yeah. Okay, so I wanted to thank you so much for your time. Like I said, I'm very grateful for all of your support when I had my son and all the support you have given us throughout the launch of our new business, the Lactation Cookie Company, and just kind of, I'm sure all the support you've given to a girlfriend of mine that had a preemie and everyone that comes across your path. I just want to say that we're all so grateful for you and for everything that you do. And I know that you know, we all are hardworking moms and sometimes we don't get credit, but I hope that everyone gives you credit and love and, and thanks for 
all that you do because you have supported someone like me in such a kind of fragile time and I'll always remember that. Like I always tell people, if you need a lactation consultant and if you need support, she's there. And I was lucky because we had the hospital and we had some free clinics. But I think until you came into our home and just kind of brought that knowledge and presence and I wasn't on a 15 minute slot at the hospital, it was just, it was a change. It was a big change in my breastfeeding journey. So I want to thank you again. And I always thank you when I see you, but I'm going to always thank you. So when we're like 90, I'm still going to be like, I thank you so much. <laughs> you're, you're so welcome. And I, I am the same with my birth professionals. I am always, always grateful. And um, you, can, you can find me at katherinepestel.com. And I'm always, I want to throw it back to you too, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you very much for raising such a phenomenal family and to be so involved and so supportive for women and babies and the families that grow from us. And these lactation cookies are something that I am so, so proud of and so nourishing and so easy to eat with one hand while you're breastfeeding. So a super, yeah. a super supportive and good resource for families. Thank you for everything. And yeah, your boys are wonderful and so sweet and your husband is lovely. So yeah, you kudos to being, you know, super mom, professional mom, patient Thanks. mom. <laughs> oh, that That is so so deeply and kindly received and and mirrored back to you thank you thanks Lisa. Yeah. okay well we will have some more chats offline and we will post this for you know all of our listeners and new moms to get some help and hopefully visit your site and contact you if they're needing extra support and you'll have resources on your site which is great so yes thank you so much for being on the show today and enjoy this glorious day thank you for having me Thanks, Catherine. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Culinary Chronicles Made with Love podcast. Before you go, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. And for more information on the show, visit ludolci.com. And for more behind the scenes, follow me on Instagram at ludolci. See you soon.